Take your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 1 again. Romans chapter 1, we're going to look at one verse and then we're going to use our Bibles a good bit tonight. Romans chapter 1, we're going to look at verse number 17. Romans chapter 1, verse number 17. Now, I'm, I'm going to try to quit a couple few minutes early because we've got extra things to do tonight, so I need you to listen fast, all right? Uh, tonight, I want you to look at verse 17 with me, Romans chapter 1. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written... The just shall live by faith. Now, look at me. It's interesting. God says that the just shall live by faith. Do you realize that exact statement is used four times in the Bible? Exactly the same. Turn to Galatians chapter 3. Romans, 1st, 2nd, Corinthians, Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. Look at verse number 11. Galatians chapter 3, verse number 11. Galatians chapter 3, verse number 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident the just shall live by faith. Turn to Hebrews uh, go back almost to the book of Revelation, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. By the way, fellas, that, that's proof that men are supposed to make coffee. He brews, amen? Uh, hallelujah. He, Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse number 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Then also, we're not turned there, but if you went to the Old Testament, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse number 4, that's a couple pages before the book of Matthew, just so you know. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse number 4, the Bible says uh, that, the, that the, the just shall live by faith. Four times God uses the exact statement. God can say something once, it's important. When God repeats it four times, it's really important. Uh, Y'all know your name. For instance, when mom called and she called you by your first name, everything's all right. If she ever called you by your first and your last name, that meant you better get moving a little bit. Y'all know what I'm talking about? If she used... Your first, your middle, and your last name, judgment had come. Daddy's waiting for you. And if she had to say it twice, that's like God saying something four times. You all know what I mean? Uh, you know, when, when I heard, Greg, no problem. Greg Bush, get here. Okay, mom's not happy. Let me find out what, I, what she thinks I did or if, I, if she caught what I did. But if she ever hollered all three of my names, mm -mm, it was not going to be fun. Now, this is obviously a very powerful statement to God. I'm afraid that religion has turned the word faith into something that it is not. And we're going to talk about this tonight and tomorrow, or next Wednesday, sorry, not tomorrow. 
but faith in the world today, if you asked the average person what the word faith meant, it would boil down to probably one of two things, believe or positive thinking. I know it, so I just know it's going to happen. I just have enough faith God's going to do this. Well, folks, you can have all the faith in the world that if you drop your keys, they're not going to fall, but they're going to fall. Just because you believe they won't doesn't mean God failed. Faith is not the power of positive thinking. And religion has tried to redefine faith to where, honestly, most people do not know what faith really means. Uh, and by the way, God doesn't go by redefined terms. We don't need a modern Bible to redefine what God said. When God used the term sodomite, he meant sodomite. He didn't add a bunch of letters. He just called them sodomites. He didn't say the alphabet soup crowd. He said sodomites. And I think it's wrong that we change the meaning of words. And by the way, I think it's even more horrible that the sodomites have destroyed the rainbow. It is a mockery of God. God said, I do set my bow in the clouds that he would not destroy the earth by flood. It is, it is the sodomites that are flipping their nose in God's face saying, you said you wouldn't destroy us. Well, I hate to tell them something. I read the last chapter. And I know what happens. Now... We need to get back at looking at what God says and not redefining it so that it says what we want it to say. The average, and I, I don't, I'm going to lump all churches and denominations together here, but in most churches today, faith means this, you do your part and you got to live a certain way and God will accept your goodness. And hopefully your goodness outweighs your badness. Well, we read in Romans chapter 1 verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, that the just shall live by faith, not by works. We read in Galatians chapter 3. It is not by our righteousness, but by the righteousness of Jesus Christ that we get saved. Yes, Next week we'll talk about that term, from faith to faith. I'll show you what it means. Now, uh, it's something that we need to do as Christians. We need to read the Bible as God wrote it. Just like we as American citizens need to get back to reading the Constitution as our forefathers wrote it. It's something called original intent. Uh, it doesn't matter we're to go back to the original intent of what was said, not what we have redefined it to mean. Amen. Now, we need to get back to letting God's, God be God and take him at his word and not worry about what people in dressed up robes and everything else have tried to tell us that God really meant to say. 
We don't need to wonder about what God didn't say. We need to obey what God did say. Unfortunately, most preachers make a living on saying things that God never said. Christians get more excited about things in the Bible that aren't in the Bible, prophecy and other things that, oh, speculation and what's the mark of the beast going to look like and is this this and is this this and we know the ten toes of the statue and Daniel and we know what they were made of and we know what all the countries are, but we can even tell you how many, what color polishes on the toenail. But nobody's going to get saved knowing any of that mess. And honestly, I've heard enough sermons about it that they're so wrong that they don't even know what they're saying. Everybody doing okay? I grew up through the 70s. I heard them preaching about it. I can name names. Most are interested in what God didn't say more than what God did say. Well, we've got to preach on, you know, David's name means this. You know, David had nothing to do with his name. Did you know your name was given before your life? So how can that apply? I know a lot of people with your name. They didn't all turn out the way you did. Everybody doing all right? Uh, the, greatest, the greatest Christian I ever knew was a man named Jack Hiles. But there was also a man named Jack the Ripper. So wonder which one got the name right and which one didn't. Everybody doing Okay. So maybe we shouldn't put such emphasis on a name unless God did. Now, tonight I want to talk about the first part of this. Uh, the just shall live by faith. Tonight we're going to talk about that term, the just. The just. Number one, just. The word just means to, de de to be declared right in God's eyes. Being declared right in God's eyes. To live in right order for acceptance by God. In other words, to be declared free from guilt. God cannot look on sin, correct? So to, uh, for us to look at God and be in his presence, we have to be declared just. Now watch this. It literally means in balance. The scales of justice mean balance. Justice. Being just. Those scales have to be balanced. Punishment with the crime have to equal. The man who stole the church van years ago shouldn't spend his life in prison. It wouldn't be just. Just like it would not have been just had we not pressed charges and for him to get away with it because, well, we just love everybody. Well, he didn't love everybody after he ripped all five people, three police chases, two counties and two states, or three counties and two states. And then he told our van. And of course, his attorney said he didn't drive it. It was just his wallet that was found in it that somebody else had put in there with his driver's license. Good thing criminals aren't real smart, amen? Now, wait a minute. In computer terms, how about this? I didn't even have to call Mrs. Barnes about this one. In computer terms, justifying means putting things in line. 
it's how you line things up. You can left line justify, you can right column justify, or you can two column justify, but it's how something is in line. Does that make sense to everybody? And that means this, when we stand before God, we have to be declared just because he is the just one. Now, it literally means balancing or being justified. Salvation comes when Jesus steps on the scale and balances it out for us. Now watch this. Go back to Romans 117. You're looking at it. For therein is the, what's the next word? Righteousness of God revealed. How? From faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We read in Romans chapter 3 last week. Look at Romans chapter 3, look at verse number 10. As it is written, there is none, what? Righteous, no, not one. Why are we not righteous? Because we're sinners. Do you remember when we talked about Jesus as the lamb? How that he had to be our righteousness for us? Jesus came, if Jesus did not have to live our righteousness, he could have left heaven, come, gone to Calvary, and died and resurrected the same day. He had to come and live in the same body that you and I live in, same type of body, not the very one, uh, and had to live in the same type of body that could sin, but do it without sin. He had to live our righteousness. Why? Because not only do you get to heaven by having your sin washed away, the lack of sin is not the only thing that gets you to heaven. It is the addition of the righteousness that gets you to heaven. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works not of our righteousness lest any man should boast now we have to understand something here jesus is the one when we realize we're sinners on our way to hell we need a savior and we trust him as savior at that moment our sins are washed away we're pardoned and he adds his righteousness to our account Hang on here. Go to Galatians chapter 2. We're going to look at several verses here. Galatians chapter 2. Look at verse number 16. Galatians 2, 16. Knowing that a man is not, what's the next word? Justified. What's the first four letters? Just. That a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. And not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Galatians 2.16. Look at Galatians chapter 3, verse number 11. But that no man is justified by the law 
in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. Look at verse number 4. Uh, Look at verse number three. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. In other words, look at me. If you are trusting in the law and your keeping of the law to get you to heaven, you have fallen away from grace and you can't get saved. For by grace... Are you saved through faith? So it's not a matter of our righteousness that we are justified. Go to Romans chapter 3 again. Lick your finger and stick it in somebody's ear. I'm sorry. Uh, Romans chapter 3, look at verse number 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall be no flesh, what's the next word? Justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Skip down to verse 28. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Now look at me. The law was given, according to the book of Ephesians, as our schoolmaster, as our plumb line. You men know what a plumb line is. Uh, that's a weight on the end of a string, and you hold it up to something to see if it's if, if it's straight, if it's level. Uh, they would, in building terms, amen, Brother Larry, it's called plumb. Now, that means this. The law shows us where we're out of line. It shows us our sin. It shows us our unrighteousness. No matter how good we are, we're not as good as Jesus Christ was. Uh, I'll be out soul winning often. Somebody said, well, I, I hope my good outweighs the bad. And I'll say, do you know how good you have to be then to get to heaven? No. You have to be good as Jesus Christ. Are you that good? No. All right. You're right. That means you're a sinner. Yeah, I'm a sinner. <laughs> Guess what? The law shows us our need for a savior. We don't get saved by the law. The law shows us the need for the law. It's the plumb line. It's, it's the straight edge to show us where we're out of line. It's the, the square, so to speak, in, in building terms. Now, uh, so we have to stand before God justified. We have to, in order to get to heaven... We have to be justified. And to get justified, that happens at salvation. It's not a separate part of salvation. It is part of the package deal that goes with salvation. Too many people try to split salvation up and try to do all the separate components. No, you get saved and God gives you the whole package. When I went and bought my truck at the dealership, I didn't go and say, okay, I'm going to buy tires this week. And then I'm going to buy a steering wheel. Then I'm going to buy a chassis. And then I'm going to buy a transmission. And then I'm going to buy an engine. Then I'm going to buy a body. And then I'm going to buy all the electrical. You all understand? No, you buy the truck, you get the whole package deal. 
And that's what salvation is. When you get it, you get the whole thing and it's in running order. Unless it's a hybrid and I can't figure it out. Uh, <laughs> now, wait a minute. Now, uh, you have to understand something. When you got saved, all these things, they come automatically. When you got saved, God washes your sins away. You're pardoned. All your sins are gone. But just the absence of the sin itself does not get you to heaven. You have to be righteous. And God has to justify us by imputing his righteousness to us. And that makes us just in his sight. There's so much I want to say. Let me help you with some confusion. Number two, there are two justifications, though, in the Bible. Everybody doing okay? And I'm going to show you where a lot of people get into bad doctrine because they want to say something that they don't understand. There are two justifications. One, where if you notice, it says that we're just before God. There's another justification that's before our fellow man. There's a justification between us and our standing with God. I can be saved and just with God, but if Brother Lopez and I are angry and bitter with one another, he and I are not just. Make sense? If I go around trying to smear Brother Lopez... I'm not just in the eyes of people. I will be just before God, but I'm not just with my fellow man. So there are two justifications in the Bible. Uh, one justification is by faith in the truth of the gospel. Turn to Romans chapter 5, verse number 1. Romans chapter 5, verse number 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is our justification for our salvation. That is our standing with God. Skip down to verse number 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. So our justification saves us from the wrath of hell. Turn to Romans chapter 4, verse number 1. What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by the works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is reward, not, beckoned, uh, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. Now look at me. Abraham came before the law of Moses. So it can't be the law of Moses that saved anybody. Number one, it wasn't Moses' law, it's God's laws. That was 500 years before there was a Moses. What are we going to do with that? Well, God says, by faith, Abraham believed and it was counted to him for righteousness. So it is that faith looking ahead to what Jesus would do one day. Just like we get saved looking back at what he did do, they looked ahead at what he would do by faith. Now, 
Turn to Acts chapter 13. Just back a few pages. Acts chapter 13. Look at verse number 38. Acts chapter 13, verse number 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is, though this man has preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Notice that's in the sight of God. All of these things at salvation are about us being just before God, correct? Uh, back in Romans 4, you don't need to turn there, verse 22. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Not that it was written for his sake alone, that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. So when you get saved, God puts the righteousness of Jesus Christ on your account and your scale's balanced. Not just your past sins, the present ones and the future ones. If Jesus is standing on the scale, you're doing okay. Not if you're standing on it, if he is. We won't talk about which scale that is. Being saved is being justified in the sight of God. <laughs> you can't do it on your own. You cannot justify yourself. You can ask God to forgive you your sins and trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. And he says, I'll step in the scale for you. Balance it out. Salvation is us admitting we're not righteous and accepting his righteousness on our account. Isn't that what Romans 10 verses 1 through 3 are all about? For they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. And they, going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Salvation is an act of submitting our unrighteousness to his righteousness and accepting his righteousness on our account and not trusting our own. That's what it is. It's kind of like we have to allow Jesus to step in by getting saved. Just like I used this illustration, I believe, Sunday. If somebody wants to wire money into the church account, we have to allow them by giving them the account numbers. They can't just call the bank and say, put this in such and such account. They have to have the account numbers knowing that we are going to receive it and we have to acknowledge that they're doing that. Does that make sense to everybody? All right. When a person gets saved, God imputes or places the righteousness of Jesus on our account. He paid for it with his virgin birth, his shed blood, his righteous life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. He paid for all of that by the gospel. Now watch this. Number three, being justified before man is where our works come into play. You do not get justified before God with your works. But just like if Brother Lopez and I are having a spat, I don't say, well, I'm justified in God's sight, too bad. That doesn't fix the problem, may aggravate it. 
Everybody understand? It's going to take works between he and I to make sure we're just with one another. Now, God sees our heart. God knows when we get saved. Did you know I can't see your heart? By the way, I don't want to. I did see a picture of Brother Harry's one time. <laughs> I told him not to get out of bed because <laughs> he was going to die if he did. Now, wait a minute. God looks on the heart. Say, well, I know what somebody's thinking here. You are not, number one, a mind reader, nor are you a heart reader. You really don't want to know what I'm thinking sometimes. Trust me. Turn to James chapter 2. Hebrews, James, 1st, 2nd Peter. James chapter 2. Look at verse number 17. We're going to read a fairly lengthy passage here, so hang on. Eve, look at verse, uh, James chapter 2, verse 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith. I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils believe also and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered up Isaac his son upon the altar? Now look at me. This isn't talking about him being saved. It's talking about his justification as a, as a leader and as a father and as a, as a person to person with Isaac and with God. Now watch this. Verse 22. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works and by works was faith made perfect, complete. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith... Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Notice he was, his, the righteousness was imputed, but the works were to show everybody else his faith in God. Now watch this. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. <coughs> Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body is without, the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Now wait a minute. It's not talking about us getting saved. It's talking about us showing our Christian life to other people. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves... It is the gift of God, not of works. So there are two faiths and two justifications. There's a faith for salvation, but there is a proving of faith by how I live my life. You'll hear this word used in churches a lot, your testimony. 
your life. This is what biblical, well, uh, we're not saved by our works. We show our fellow man our salvation by our works. You don't get saved by your works, but others know you're saved by your works. Does that make sense? Doesn't mean you can't be saved if you don't have works. Just people may not believe it. That is what biblical separation is all about. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We'll finish up here real quickly, I promise. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse number 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 12. You are not straightened in us, but you are straightened in your own bowels. Now, for recompense in the same, I speak unto my children, be also enlarged. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Isn't it amazing God uses the term righteousness and unrighteous? That means this. So what fellowship do the saved have with the lost? The righteous with the unrighteous. Watch this. And what communion hath light with darkness? Did you know that light and darkness cannot commune together? Doesn't work. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Notice the capital B. That means the devil. Belial is another name for Satan. Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Oh, by the way. What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God? For you are the temple of the living God, and God said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord, God, or saith the Lord Almighty. Now look at me, biblical separation is for us to not live like the world so that the world knows we are his. We are showing our justification and our faith by our works. The world thinks we're nuts for being at church tonight. They're the idiots. The world says there's no difference between male and female. The world says it's appropriate to bring uh, sodomites into our public schools, and Jefferson County just voted for them to bring in their books to be taught in the curriculum next year. It's coming to your backyard. I've been saying it for years. I haven't changed my message. Everybody doing okay? Now, wait a minute. Anybody with a kindergarten intelligence can understand two bulls don't have a cow. Two roosters don't lay eggs. Two bucks don't have babies. It doesn't take a whole lot of sense.
Now, wait a minute. Our justification is, and our separation shows our justification. Now, watch this. If we get saved and still act and live like the lost world, how will the lost world want to be saved? I'm going to make a statement here. I do not believe that just because you live right, people are going to flock to you saying, oh, what must I do to be saved? In 42 years of preaching, almost 43 years of preaching, and in 34, almost, yeah, almost 35 years of the ministry full time, I've had it happen one time. But it's because we had been in that area preaching a whole lot, and somebody said, hey, are you all from that church? Yeah, is that the place you get saved? Yeah, well, then how do I get saved? <laughs> we had flooded the area with gospel tracts and everything else, and they had heard about it, but they hadn't talked to one of us personally. One time out of the millions and millions and millions of people I've talked to. Everybody doing okay? But I do believe this. You'll have more people listen to the gospel if you're living more like God wants you to live. They already have the smoking, the drinking, the cursing, the immorality, the dirty talk, the gossip, everything else. Why would they want to be saved and have the same thing? I'm not mad. I'm just, don't get mad at the messenger. I'm just giving you what God said. This is why how we dress, the music we listen to, how we act is all important. It does not justify you before God, but it will justify you before your fellow man. I'll promise you when I walked into a store today and somebody said, boy, you're all dressed up. I said, oh, these are just work clothes. The lady looked at me. She said, where do you work? I said, ma'am, I'm a Baptist pastor. Reached in my pocket and handed her a gospel tract. She said, I knew you were either a lawyer or, or a preacher. I said, ma'am, I make an honest living. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I did say that, by the way. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm a better Christian. But it does mean people are more apt to listen to me. Now listen to this statement. That's why this old-fashioned Baptist isn't going to change and bring the world's music into our church. We're not going to bring the world's dress and the world's standards, and we're not going to have boogie-woogie music, and we're not going to have people jumping around half-naked on on anywhere, and uh, we're not going to be bringing the rock bands and everybody else in. Can I tell you why? We're supposed to come out from the world and be separate. We're not supposed to be like them to reach them. We're supposed to go reach them and show them what they're supposed to be like. <laughs> It'll be a cold day where the booger man lives before I hire somebody to work with our teenagers that looks like they just came off the street. Spiked hair and all kinds of colors and tattoos and looks like they got in a fight with a pop rivet gun. Forget it. Well, I can reach them better this way. Uh, you can't improve on God's method. So it does not justify you to God. That is correct. But more people are apt to listen to you if you're doing it God's way. So that justification, that faith shown to man. That's why I don't think we ought to tell the dirty jokes at, at the workplace like the world does. Probably ought not laugh at them either if you hear them. 
Okay, we went to meddling. I got to quit. We're justified to God by faith. We're justified to our fellow man by our works. Our works will not justify us before God. Our works justify us before our fellow man. Next week, we're going to talk about the faith. I got to crash land the plane. It's 8 o'clock. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The just shall live by faith. Four times, God mentions it. Boy, is it important. That word just, justified. You could say it this way, just as if I had never sinned. It makes me as though I had never sinned in the sight of God. He lines up, he steps on the balance and takes care of my sin debt. That's cared for by faith. But we show our fellow man our faith by our works. We don't show God, we show our fellow man.